This last week, my boss has told me I'm too competitive. Well, you know what? I don't need to be competitive to have the best podcast on the whole internet. You think your podcast is better? I'd like to see you try. You're a damn fool. This is Bombers. Hi, welcome to Bombers, the best podcast on the internet. We're the best because we That was we so have... loud. Did you clip your mic? My goodness. I... It didn't sound loud to me. Whoops. All right, we'll edit it in post. What's up? Uh, good podcast we have because we edit things in post. We're really, we're, we're super podcasty. Welcome. I'm Dag. With me is Zyber. Hey. And also the best podcaster on the internet, Spiegel. But if you think that was loud, well, this it's about to get really loud in here. That actually sounded quieter. I'll be louder than yeah, all that, of you. That's weird, weirdly quieter. I'll edit it in post. So what'd you guys think of Piddle's episode last week? I really enjoyed it, and I thank you, Piddle, for putting that together. Um, some of his talking points I found uh, slightly more controversial than we usually go for, but, you know, coming from Piddle, it seemed pretty standard, pretty pretty expected, really. I mean, he's a controversial guy. Uh, you know, I thought the episode was really good. I thought the production was really good. His voice really came through very clearly. Um, honestly, the, the quality of it was so much better that I kind of am surprised that we're all back here together this week instead of just letting him roll with it and he just does all the episodes by himself from now on. I think that's what people really want. I mean, I saw the download numbers. Download numbers, astounding. Uh, just really knocked it out of the park. I thought um, that the uh, the episode that we posted on March 31st, uh, we might have to make it a yearly tradition of some sort, just have Piddle do his own show, uh, hopefully more often. I mean, I'm really surprised. Normally, I feel like with these, we have to tell people, hey, go back and download the previous episode and listen to it if you haven't. But everybody's already listened to the Piddle episode. There is zero chance that anyone listening to this... Yes, you have. Stop lying. There's zero chance that anybody who is listening to this episode has not listened to the Piddle episode. Um, so let's do this. Uh, instead of going back and listening to the Piddle episode, listen to this episode. Stay right here, locked in. This is Bombers, episode 34. Guys, how you doing today? I'm tired. I'm also tired. Well, I have more energy than both of you, and I am going to knock this podcast out of the park, and I think this is going to be the best podcast ever, even better than Piddles last week. So lock it in. I guarantee it will happen. Well, I wish and if it doesn't, I will kill myself. No, but... Okay. <laughs> What's the first segment, Zyber? Uh, first segment... Uh... Is one of our favorite bits, Taco Bell, where we talk about Taco Bell. Okay, first of all, it's not, it's a, not bit, a bit. Okay, it's no, it's a, it's a real important segment. You know, we discuss the real issues, and boy, do I have an issue this week, guys. I have a real issue with Taco Bell or Taco Bell on Taco Bell. I have an issue with Taco Bell, and that issue is, uh, first of all, no new products in a while. Uh, what's going on, Taco Bell? All we have is the triple lupa. That thing sucks. Bring there's, back the nacho fries. There's no reason not to be introducing new measures in marketing these days. So let's go. Yeah, business is booming everywhere. The economy's doing great. More money out there than ever. More jobs than ever. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's doing great. Where where's the new? Uh, where, where's the quadruple lupa? 
Where's the pentupalupa? Where's well, the octalupa? Hold up. Quadrupa lupa is a great name, and they should totally do that. <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity by them. I think it's usually like a week or two after the month starts that they bring in a new thing. Oh, so we're getting close then. Oh, man, Hopefully. Spiegel, you're better at naming Taco Bell food items than Taco Bell. Well, you know, I've been eating Taco Bell longer than the current CEO of Yum Foods uh, has been Alive. the CEO of Yum <laughs> Foods. Uh, what? Yeah, whatever. Um, and I'm sure I will live many years uh, past the end of his life as well. So I consider myself a Taco Bell expert. Uh, Yum Foods, come get me. You know, I have a lot of leverage with my with my company right now. Uh, in fact, I'd say I have the most leverage of anyone at the company. And don't you forget it. Also, another issue I have with Taco Bell is I went there yesterday in my car to go get some food. And they were out of the uh, green apple electric, like the electric green apple sour syrup that they put they mix it in with the blue raspberry <laughs> freeze and they make it an electric an electric <laughs> blue raspberry freeze and uh they were out and uh i was very upset because there's nothing that should be stopping the production of the electric green applesauce that they put in their blue raspberry freeze at this point what are you doing taco bell get your act together yeah i kind of feel bad because this past week i went to Taco Bell on tuesday instead of wednesday so the regular cashier i talked to wasn't there until he left missed me this week you ruined that person's life zyber have you guys ever gone to a fast food restaurant enough for them to know you by name is the question like maybe they recognize you when you go in but did they ever know your name Ev- when you go in every single time we go to taco bell yes for like the past 10 years or so yeah I mean, if, if you've been going to the same one for 10 years, but I mean, if you just go like 10 straight days, I feel like they would learn your name well, much they, quicker. I mean, Depends the cashiers change out every like year or two, so then the new ones have to remember us. Well, and also it depends on, if you're, depends on if you're doing drive-through or, or, you know, in-store counter, whatever they call that. Yeah, I usually go in store. It's hilarious when I use drive thru and then the person's just all like, What? Why are you in drive thru instead of talking to me in person? Do they recognize your voice or do they recognize you when you pull up to the window? Just one or the other. Like they might not even be at drive thru, but they'll just be all like, Hey, I noticed that you went through drive thru. I'm like, How did you notice that? Stop watching me. <laughs> it's the camera they installed in your car. <laughs> they'll just come over and be like, Hey, well then, uh, I think that was Talk Obel, and it's time to move on to our next segment. Uh, unless you guys have any comments on the fact that Talk Obel has still not capitalized. Like, we're seven minutes into this podcast, and I still haven't received an email from them about the Quadrupalupa, uh, quadrupalupa name. They're probably in a board meeting trying to come up with it on their own. As soon as the meeting lets out, and they're like, oh, we didn't come up with anything good. Guys, guys, it's not even posted on the internet, but look, Quadrupalupa. I mean, they're listening in that, you know, like I routed my microphone into their board meeting. So they're listening to everything I'm saying and they haven't said anything to me yet. So I don't know. Wow. Guys. Okay. Look, it, it's been a great run for us at Taco Bell, but we need to drop everything and we need to get our customers the product they deserve. Get the blue raspberry green apple sour sauce back in stores now. Save America. Make America sour again. Tacos. Just make America tacos. Make tacos. America. I saw that uh, last week. I saw that they were giving out a free Doritos taco uh, to everybody, which would be, have been awesome if those things didn't kind of suck. 
I'll eat a free Doritos taco. I ain't scared. Well, too bad, because that day has come and gone. Oh. It did, yeah. It was last Tuesday. <sighs> missed out, man. We missed out. All right. Now it's time for the next segment, um, which is titled, it's our favorite segment. Our, it's the best segment of any podcast. It is called, Would You Buy It? Question mark. I am hosting today's edition of Would You Buy It? Question mark. And I have a game for you two gentlemen. Here is my idea. All right. Mm-hmm. There's a game that came out back in 2007 for the Nintendo Wii that maybe was not received as well as it should have been, given the fact that it is an absolute masterpiece, one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Really, a, a fantastic control scheme. Uh, the marketing was stellar. I mean, the dude they hired to promote it like was just—he was crazy. He had like an afro, and he was just—he was wild. He was a wild man. His name is Ravi Drums. And guess what, guys? Ravi Drums is back in Wii Music Definitive Edition. For the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, that's right. This time, you control all the instruments with your stylus, and you play the bass drum and the hi-hat uh, pedals with your feet uh, on the 3DS screen <laughs> while simultaneously leaning over to tap the instruments to make it play. It's a whole new control system. It's much better this time around. It's in 3D, which, as we all know, is the wave of the future. Wii Music Definitive Edition coming next summer for the Nintendo 3DS. Would you buy it? Question mark. No. <laughs> what? So, so so straight to the point. I didn't buy regular Wii Music. I didn't buy any of the Guitar Hero DS games. I'm not going to buy this one. Good day, sir. If I may speak seriously for just a moment. I mean, uh, that that already was serious, but if I may speak more seriously. Um, the Guitar Hero DS games were absolute garbage. Yes. And now you're trying to they sell were... more of that. <laughs> no, no, it's a different. It's better. <laughs> Is it better? It's the best. It's the best music game. No, I'm I still, made it. I'm, I look. I love you, but no, I'm not buying your crappy no, you music don't. game. I like rhythm games. It's not but I'm not a fan of a game that's all about making music and stuff. That's what. That's rhythm games. <laughs> no, there's a difference between playing music and making music. I'm bored of this conversation. Let's... <laughs> let's move on. Please, let's... Okay. <laughs> oh, 49 minutes to go. <laughs> oh. All right, well... Um, next We've been gone up... for two weeks, and it was... we can't wait to get this over with. <laughs> next up is a segment that we know you've all been looking forward to. Oh, no. It... For like three months. For like oh, three months. Oh, and no. <laughs> we got backlog busters. Two-thirds of it. Oh no! As as usual, Spiegel and I will talk about the games that we were instructed to play, and Deeg will listen to us talk about them because he hasn't played his game yet. Oh no! So uh, just to remind everybody, uh, and we are going to try to get Deeg to uh, play his game at some point this week. Uh, he was assigned ECO, which, uh, as we all know, is an acronym stands for Insane Clown Aussie. <laughs> Uh, did not play Insane Clown Aussie, uh, but Zyber and I, Zyber, I gave him uh, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door for GameCube, and I believe, uh, Deg, you gave me Dishonored on the Xbox 360, Burp. is that right? Did I get the assignment? Sorry, I meant, Correct? I meant yes. Okay. Burp uh, yeah, so, so I played Dishonored. Zyber, you played Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Uh, you want to kick us off here? Tell us what you think. Uh, what? First of all, how far are you into the game? All right, so Thousand Year Door, I finished the first two... 
Or is it first three chapters? Well, I got the first two, like, stars. Did you do the part with the Pikmin? Honestly. Like the Pikmin creatures? Yeah, that was that was the last chapter I did. The next okay, chapter yeah. was, like, the Sky Tournament thingy. Yeah, and, that's my favorite uh, one. Yeah, like, it's pretty similar to the original Paper Mario. It's pretty good. Um, some of it is a bit too, like exact same thing it's like oh let's start you off with a person that has the same exact abilities as the first person you got in the first game it was a goomba not a person but close enough i mean goombas are people too yeah let's not forget but i just wanted to clarify oh it is nice having this kind of game where like goombas and all paratroopers and all this stuff aren't just villains for you to kill they're they like actually have personalities towns and they're actual people that aren't just trying to kill Mario and plenty of them are like fans of Mario like the Goomba in the first game Goombario Goombario yeah it's like Goomba and Mario combined yeah that is what it's like and he can jump yeah I I, I was enjoying it um, it's it's an RPG, so it's kind of hard to keep playing for long periods of times. But it's like I was able to do one or two sessions per chapter, basically, to get them done. Spiegel, you're the one that wanted me to play it, right? Yeah, I, I did, and I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, at least somewhat. I, I find the opposite with RPGs, where I feel like I have to play it in long sessions, or I can't really get into it enough to justify starting it. Now, uh, with Paper Mario... The Thousand Year Door specifically, I find that later on in the game, the one flaw that I had with it uh, was that I think there's a little too much backtracking. There, you'll get to a part later on if you continue playing the game where you have to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth literally three times um, from this castle to this town. And it's really annoying. Mm. Uh, but if you can get past that, if you can get past the backtracking, if you can get past the game's a little chatty, but it's funny. I think it's a I think it's a really good Paper Mario. I think it's the best one. I, I find the characters to be really interesting and the combat system is very refined. It it took a lot of what the first game did well and it added like the, the, the um the special moves, it added the crowd, which is like the big draw. What do you think of that aspect of it? The there's a crowd that watches you fight in the game and oh. they they give you items and throw things at you in support. Or if they're enemies they throw like rocks at you that can do damage and you have to go out to the audience and kill them. I enjoy that concept, although I have a hard time paying attention, so a lot of times I just end up hitting Luigi who's trying to give me an item or something. I mean, you never know. Luigi could be, like, holding a gun. He could be carrying. Concealed carry. It's uh, legal in the Mushroom Kingdom. So, you never know. I did enjoy talking to Luigi and him describing his own adventure he's going on while you're doing your adventure. Who knows if it's actually legit or not, but it's, it's fun to listen to. Oh, it's real. Everything he says is real. And then later on in the game, you can actually... He starts publishing uh, novels about it. Hmm. Like he has, an I guess not a novel, but like an autobiography of his adventures. Hmm. And it's like even more dramatic than the story that he tells, which is... So the story just keeps growing. It's Hmm. pretty great. Any uh, other thoughts on that game before we move on and talk about uh, the Insane Clown, uh, the uh, gathering of the uh, Colossi Festival? (laughs) Good reach, I guess. I, I, look, I'm trying. Um, I'd say is that like if you've played the first Paper Mario, 
you'll definitely enjoy this one. If you played any other pair of Mario's, you'll you'll probably be all like, "Whoa, this one is so much better." Although I did enjoy Super Paper Mario, which was a different you know gameplay and stuff, but it was still nice. I mean, Super Paper super, Mario is yeah. almost. It's almost not a Paper Mario game uh, in terms of like the gameplay you would have expected had you purchased that game and expected it to be like Thousand Year Door. Um, yeah, there are people that prefer it, but I'm not one of those people. And like the story and stuff is still pretty similar. Yeah, let's move on to the next game then, Spiegel. What what did you play? Uh, I played Dishonored, and one second I will edit this out and post. I got to get up and let my cat out of the bedroom because he wants to get out. One second. Cat is out of the bedroom. Bedroom. Here we are. He's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom before the podcast, so I don't interrupt the podcast. And then he interrupts the podcast. That darn cat. That darn oh, cat. That darn cat. <laughs> hate that cat. Love that cat. <laughs> Man, I hate that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so the whole the entire country is healthy, but Deg is slowly dying. Of some respiratory illness. I'm better now. You know who else is dying? The you. entire kingdom is dying. Uh, dude, what is going on over there? Will you calm down? The the kingdom is dying in Dishonored. The kingdom of uh, Tamriel. I, the I, kingdom. What is, I don't remember. The kingdom of the kingdom. No, what is the name this of the will, kingdom? In Dishonored. Some sort of... What is the name? I don't um, know. I can't pay attention to that stuff. It's like an empire. The empire is dying. Everyone has the plague, the rat plague. It's like the bubonic plague, but with rats. Well, that's what the... Um, um, never mind. I, I know what you were going to say, uh, but that is a falsehood invented by history people. Uh, so the Trust kingdom me. is dying. The kingdom is dying. The empire is dying, and you have to save it. Uh, maybe actually it's not really clear um whether it's not really clear what your role is uh you play as corvo who is the uh, empress's bodyguard uh very early in the game not a spoiler uh the empress is murdered um and you are framed for her murder and the kidnap of her daughter and uh very early on you are released from prison by a friend uh members of the rebel alliance and uh, they're going to go up into space and they're going to blow up the death star as I understand it, and you have to stay down on the planet and save the kingdom from the rat plague. Uh, that's kind of what I've gotten from the story so far. How um, close and, attention uh, been, were you paying? Enjoying it. Uh, very close. That sounds legit uh, to me. Oh, boy. The most attention of anybody. Oh, boy. Who, yeah, who assigned the game to me? Ask me Ask me questions about it. Cause I don't really, there's so much going on, honestly, I don't really know where to start. What's your favorite <clears throat> power? Magic power. Um, okay, so, yeah, you do get a lot of powers in the game, uh, and, and you get those by just kind of exploring the environment, picking up runes, uh, which are hidden all over. Uh, you can complete side quests to get runes, and those runes give you powers. And uh, one of the powers I learned very early on was Blink, which is a teleportation power, which has been very helpful uh, in helping me stay stealthy. Um, in a previous podcast, I revealed that I am bad at being evil. Well, guess what, Deg? I am also bad at being stealthy. I suck at this game. I'm very, very, very bad at it. <laughs> hmm. That was going to be my next question was, are you going for a murder playthrough or a stealth playthrough? I do not have any choice but to go for a murder playthrough. <laughs> I probably would have done that anyway because I don't like being stealthy in games, uh, primarily because I'm not good at it. But I, I just, 
everywhere I go, I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll just kill you because you're right in the way and I don't know how to get past you, so you're going to die now. And I'm sure there's a better way to do it, but I just don't have the patience to get good at being stealthy right now. I find that wildly entertaining because I actually really liked the stealth elements of Dishonored series. Uh, The second one I went through and did a no-spot playthrough, which means that I never even got noticed, let alone had to kill anyone. Wow. But that involved a lot of, you know, oops, I got spotted, time to reload type of stuff, which I just viewed as part of the challenge and the fun of the game was, oops, gotta reload. I mean, this is Uh, not through the fire and the flames in Guitar Hero 3, like, you can just start, like, you know, you don't have to start all the way over, you just start that portion over. Yeah. And that's fine. Or, um... When I played the first one, I in the very beginning of the game, I didn't know what the controls were, and I killed a bunch of people, and then played stealthy the rest of the game, and then it, I did. So I have to go back and play a no spot, no no kill game on the first one, and I forget the point that I was going to make, but it was <clears throat> there's an irony between I don't have the patience for JRPGs and playing through those long storyline games like that, but I'll sit there and save scum for a stealth playthrough. There's some that. There's something in there that's an observation about who I am, and I don't exactly know what it is, but all the elements are together. I think we can all tell based on that how you are. Well, yeah, and the fact that I assigned myself a year full of playing nothing but RPGs, uh, one of the first non-RPGs I play that's not called Animal Crossing is a Western RPG, which feels very much like a Bethesda game. And uh, like you, Deg, I I forgot the point I was going to make, but this feels a lot like a freaking Bethesda game. I mean, it feels like Fallout 3 in in a way. I'm not sure if it's running on the same engine or what, but the melee combat specifically feels like Fallout 3 melee combat. You talking about Dishonored? Yeah. That was made by Bethesda? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it it really does feel like a Bethesda game. Like it has that uh, early 2010s feel to it uh, that makes sense because it came out in 2012. I don't really know if I'm making any interesting point. It's just, it's a comment more than anything. Oh, fair, fair point. No, I get that. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I like melee combat in uh, first person games. It makes me uh, uncomfortable. Well, I mean, that's pretty weird looking. That's why I, I don't know uh, how long my sword is. Do stealth only. Fair enough. I mean, here's, you got me there. Here's, here's part of the catch for the stealth only playthrough is you can, take out enemies you just can't kill enemies so if you can get to them and right. knock them out before they spot you that counts plus the As rats won't come and eat only. them <clears throat> Which, by the way, a very affecting scene early on in the game as you're sneaking out of the prison through the sewers. Uh, you are going up above some guards uh, who you can see kind of through the ceiling. There's like a gap in the ceiling. And uh, all of a sudden, this big swarm of rats just comes running in, uh, Days Gone style, and just devours the guards uh, down to the bone. It's awesome. And you can watch it or you can keep moving. It's up to you. But I I watched that. It's fun. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, you have a very hard time being evil, huh? Well, he didn't well, I didn't do it. I, summon the rats. Although the rats I do there, I mean, very much enjoy nature. There is a power where you can summon rats, and I do that a lot. You know what's mildly frustrating? Later on in the game, you can knock someone out and just like leave them in the street. And if they still get eaten by a rat horde that you didn't even call or anything, that still counts as a kill for you. 
Well, that's yeah. why I kill all the rats. Like, I shoot the rats with my blunder bus um, as I'm going through the streets. I don't think I guess that it's rats not a blunder bus. kills. I would hope yeah, not. Yeah, chop them in half with my sword. Sward. The rat plague is coming for us all. Uh, I think that's it for, for Backlog Busters for this week, guys. Is that right? Yeah, I was going to play my game yesterday, but I was in such a terrible, terrible mood yesterday that I knew that I was just going to be mean to the game, and I didn't want to give it that unfair shake. So I'll probably sit down and play it either today or later this week and talk about it next week. But I just I knew I was going to hate it, and I didn't want to be unfair to it. I was not in a good mood. All right, well, you better play it this week, and you better enjoy it. <laughs> That's a threat, by the way, if you didn't know. Uh, no, that, that's good. Um, I, I am very guilty of doing that sometimes with games and, and even with music uh, where I am in a, like just the wrong frame of mind and I sit down and I say, okay, I'm going to force myself to play this and I end up just being so angry that I just end up hating the game for all the wrong reasons. So that happened when I played uh, Portal for the first time. Wow. I was just in a really bad place and I so I hated Portal for a really long time until I replayed it years later and I'm like, oh, this game is awesome. Sorry, Portal. Yeah, and I didn't want to. And to be to be fair or honest or whatever, I actually did play like ten minutes of Eco, like I don't know, eight years ago. That's it. That was that was that was it. Were you at like a oh the Kmart demo area or something? No, I popped it into my PS3, loaded it up, played it for a little bit. And then I think I had to go out and do something or another and turn it off and then never went back to it. My gosh. Yep. Yep. Pretty uh, fascinating. Pretty good story, right? Yep. I'm bored of this conversation. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, all right. Uh, I guess I'm still next. Uh, All right. We've got the Minish recap where we talk about things that we've been doing the past week or two we don't just talk about them we recap them yes uh and it's been uh it's been a busy past couple of weeks which uh is unusual uh for us specifically i guess but also for the world at large the world is uh we're all inside uh we can't leave our homes because we're all playing animal crossing um and there's just we can't do anything like stores have closed down uh you know everyone's out of work um, there's no money. Uh, contrary to what I said earlier in the episode, which is that the economy is booming, the economy is actually shut down. It's because everyone's playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, they thought Pokemon uh, was going to cause that, but it was actually Animal Crossing. Yeah, all the stores are like, hey, if you need anything, go to Nook's Cranny. You're right, and and so we've all been playing Animal Crossing. Uh, and, and Deg, I'll, I'll let you go off here because you had stated in the past that you did not intend to buy Animal Crossing and that you were obsessed with Stardew Valley, but now you're playing Animal Crossing. What uh, What happened? What? Sorry. <laughs> Dude, what what is going on? Are you are you even listening to what I said? <laughs> no. I don't know what just happened. My brain turned off and I heard your words, but I did not process them. I don't Basically I, what I'm asking is <laughs> how did you go from not wanting to get Animal Crossing to buying it and now playing? Um I uh, I was listening to uh this podcast I really like, The Bombers, and they were talking Ooh. about all of the stuff in Animal Crossing, and then I noticed that literally everyone I know has Animal Crossing, so I bought Animal Crossing. And also, more importantly, I was really kind of like thinking about getting it, and uh, a friend of the show, uh, Tim, 
had an extra download code Tim, and sold it to me. You mean Bomber of the Year 2020, Tim? Not just friend of the show, Tim, but Bomber of the oh, Year. Oh yeah, that's Honorary right. He was Bomber. Bomber of the Year. So Bomber of the Year 2020 yeah. sold sold me a download code for like I don't know five dollars off or something. So I, I feel pretty good then. I've gone Spiegel to buy Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I've gone Dig to buy Animal Crossing. No, it was Spiegel convinced me. He's much better. Well, actually, at it than Tim you. convinced you by offering you like twelve and a half percent off the purchase price of the game of a game that I was debating going and buying anyway, and then twelve and a half percent off on a game that I was thinking about buying at full price. All right, let's do this. Be losing I mean, money you, not so to buy you, it. Have you put a lot of time into it already, or have you? Just nope. Kinda... No, I've just I've I've been doing my classic Animal Crossing play because i i like to do animal crossing as more of a zen experience you know put in a little Dude, bit of time too. here and there because if you play it too much too. you get burnt out on it mm-hmm. it it feels like everybody has been just hyper obsessed with putting as many hours including my own wife uh, is putting as many hours into animal crossing immediately as possible and i'm enjoying the slow burn you know my i just got the like the town hall resident services like we just upgraded from a tent you know what oh, I mean? it's been two and a half i weeks. still have the tent i, I mean, barely all i barely only just got the um the store to open up which honestly the store opening up is going to decrease my playtime rather than increase it because getting 80 percent sale in the drop-off bin is less incentive than getting the 100% sale that I had when I spoke to Tommy directly inside of the tent. And I basically well, you only... you sell stuff to him inside the store. Well, yeah, but the store is only open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. I know, they need to fix that. <laughs> it needs to be open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Because I always play in the morning, too. I play an hour before work, and uh, I work 6 no, to I 7. No, play, I play at or night. I work, I, I, so I, 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 I play it after 10 well, it's like my friend who works third shifts, so she like is usually up late at night. She just switched her time around so that she's it's daytime in the game when it's actually nighttime in real life. Nope. I don't understand why they kind of felt like why Nintendo felt like they needed to keep the the time mechanic as rigid as it was in the original game, essentially, because times are different. You know, the world is different than it was in 2002. We're not all able to just play games, you know, whenever. We well, have to set aside specific times as adults to do this. That's part of it is that we are adults playing it and, like, it's Nintendo. So are we I, no, even technically you, the target market? Yes. Half of the people who bought this game are over the age of 18. I guarantee Oh, it. yeah. I guarantee that, too. But does that mean that that is the market that Nintendo is targeting? Well, considering we're the market that has money, the most expendable income, uh, you know, in uh, in American history, our generation, yeah, we should be the target market for everything. Well, let me rephrase what I'm trying to express. I don't think that's necessarily that the world has changed from 13 years ago when the first Animal Crossing came out to now. Maybe it's just that the target demographic has gotten older because time has passed. The original target demographic anyway. Yeah, because, like, definitely the original Animal Crossing was probably aimed mostly at, like, high school age, you know, actual... Well, but, yeah, and those people who now, who are in, you know, middle school, high school, who would be playing Animal Crossing now, are not playing it on a Switch, they're playing it on their phones. They're playing Fortnite. With 
that too. By the way, uh, did you see that Fortnite is uh, becoming an official high school and college sport in some uh, places? Just give me a break on that. I have come back to us. I have like a um, fifty-fifty take on that because on one hand that is silly, but on the other hand it's kind of awesome. I mean, it's awesome to have esports and stuff. It's awesome to have esports, but Fortnite sucks. But Fortnite just isn't. It's not a good game. Esport. Yeah. Says the only person in the world who's ever played the single-player mode in Fortnite. My friend has. I I I bought Fortnite to play the single-player mode back before it even had the battle royale stuff. Then they released the battle royale stuff, and I stopped playing Fortnite. I've been seeing people like talk about the current map of the battle royale stuff. I'm just like, so basically, absolutely nothing is original design anymore. Okay. I actually have been playing a lot of um, Apex Legends, which is the EA Battle Royale game. The one that has the like call-outs system so that you don't have to actually be on voice chat with strangers. Thank goodness. It also has the call-out system that you can dial directly into work when you've been up all night playing Apex Legends and you just call in and say, hey, I can't come in, I'm calling in today. No, I have that's... Uh, Apexitis. That's the call-in system, not the call-out system. They're very similar. Uh, they run off of the same code with uh, completely different results. But I did. I, I have been playing that over the past couple of weeks, you know, just like as a I-want-to-shoot-some-people type of... <laughs> I mean, I guess that's uh, better than the alternative. Yes. <laughs> and I did manage to get about three first-place wins in, in that time, so that's kind of nice. Is that good? That's like, nice. is it hard to get first place in that game? Uh, you you're you are in a squad of three people, and there are um, twenty squads, so it's sixty people per oh. match. Twenty squads yeah, per match. So you get first place. Quite a few out of that, yeah. Because you know, battle royale, etc. Is the strategy still to hide until there's only so many people left? Uh, depends on your play style. I mean, doesn't uh, that strategy, like, really not work very well in most Battle Royale games? Because it kind of scales it so that the people who are doing well are more advantaged at the end of the game. Yes. Like, that's how Tetris 99 works. You can't just hide out and not go for KOs and just, like, kind of exist for a while. you got to be aggressive. Well, yeah. All you have to do is just be able to kill at least one person close to the end and then just take all their stuff. That's if you're all, trying also. to kill people at the beginning and middle, you're not guaranteed to get good stuff at all yeah it's definitely a it's a a balance between early game risk versus late game risk because you could potentially get good stuff early on and then just die and somebody else gets all your good stuff and that other person could have crap and killed you and got all of the good stuff but wouldn't that be worth the risk? I mean, just logically, you know, from a return on investment standpoint, you if you are super aggressive right out and then you get something awesome, then you have something awesome until you're killed. But the odds of you getting killed are lessened because of your awesome yes, stuff. Yes, that's, that's my general play idea is be super aggressive at the beginning and then get and then more hide. and more cautious as it goes. Exactly, because- yeah. And then at the end, you bust out and you're like, boom, bees, I got everything. And if you die... Early on, you haven't you've wasted all of like, you know, f- fifteen seconds in the game, and you can just queue into your next match, or you know, turn the game off. Whatever works for you. 
Hmm. Yep. Because it's an online multiplayer game, and you know, I mean, it's not like it's important. I I can't play online multiplayer because I am not good enough uh, at it. And if I'm going to do something, I'm going to need to be the best at it, and I'm going to be the best at it. Uh, But there's a finite amount of time I have, uh, so I have to be responsible in my trying to be the best. I have to only be the best at things that I know I can be the best at. See, and I've Uh, been playing shooter games for, I don't know, 20 years, so I'm just sort of at a general level of pretty good at them. Well, that's why I only play, like, Splatoon and Smash Bros. and stuff with friends, because that gives me some opportunity to, you know, practice and get better at it, but I'm interacting with friends to make it even more worthwhile to make it not suck yeah yeah i've been playing apex with my plus you get to embarrass your friends part of it as well we have some friends who recently got splatoon and they're always complaining being like well i suck at because i don't ever play with you guys and we're just like well technically we only ever play with you now too it's just that we've been playing for longer beforehand yeah the base level was higher well, that's why, to me, it's surprising that the, the Call of Duty ecosystem, for example, the multiplayer ecosystem, has lasted as long as it has, just because, I mean, for, for the last 12 years, basically since Modern Warfare came out, the, the, the first Modern Warfare game, the online multiplayer hasn't really changed that dynamically to the point where if you were super good at that game, you're going to be super good at every Call of Duty multiplayer going forward, and you're only <laughs> going to keep getting better. So... Where is there room for noobs to get in and and shine? You can't. I think that's where the split between competitive versus social exists. You know, like my dad plays Call of Duty online, and he's been playing it since, like, Modern Warfare 2 came out. And ever since he retired a few years ago, that's, like, majority of his day is playing Call of Duty. And he is still not, like, great. He's good, He's probably above average, but like he's still is he having not fun? Great, <laughs> yeah, of course he is. That's why he keeps playing it. And that should be. Are you kidding the me? Real having away. fun doesn't matter. No, having fun doesn't matter. What matters is winning and being the best always. Uh, actually, in Call of Duty games and stuff, it really isn't that important to win, just because like that's what you. It's think. just whatever team gets seventy-five for whatever amount of kills first, and so usually he's just focusing on trying to get all the achievement stuff like. Each gun has, like, uh, gets 50 headshots from far away or et cetera kind of stuff. So he's been focusing on that. So uh, he's been creating his own goals as opposed to the overarching goal of win matches. That's smart. Well, it's not his own goals. No, but I mean, like, are, those are, they are those, in-game goals. Those, those are the in-game goals that he specifically is interested in, not necessarily winning. So his yeah. own goals in, in that kind of way. Because, like, in the new game, there's a mode now where you're in a really small map, and, like, it's still just whoever gets the most kills. But, like, it's so small that you're likely to respawn and then instantly die, like, three to five times in a row. I hate that. That is my least favorite part of any online shooter game is I, I just spawned. But he loves it because that leads him to be able to just camp in an area when he finally is able to and then just kill a bunch of people because they just keep spawning there. Yeah, but then you're the other side of the problem, and if it doesn't feel good for you, it doesn't feel good for them, and I don't like it. Well, the thing is that, like... Why are you trying to create a socialist paradise in online competitive multiplayer (laughs) games? That's not how it works. Kill or be killed. Be the best. Last Friday, I did my first lawn mowing of the year. 
Was it a competition? Yeah, I did the best. You have the best lawn in the neighborhood? <laughs> no. He does. <laughs> but I killed a lot of grass, is what I was going for there. And, it and just, bugs it, and worms? It, and it birds, was probably. It's the, it's the beginning of spring. You know, we're just starting the match. That, that grass has just spawned, and zip, headshot. I mean, did you really kill them, or did you just cut them in half? Well, Zyber, usually when you cut things in half, they die. My hair doesn't. Yeah, didn't you ever play No More Heroes? Come on. (laughs) No, I need to play that still, actually. I have both, or the first two. You sit on a toilet to save, and it covers up your naughty bits. You go into the bathroom. You know, speaking of competitions, I did a virtual 15K yesterday, or Saturday, uh, because. You know, I couldn't do the physical one. And it sucked, because I did not train at all. So I ran 5k in the morning, and my body was just like, nope, no more. So then I ran 5k in the afternoon, and my body was just like, please, I'm dying. Stop. And then I walked on the treadmill for another 5k late at night, and even that was painful. <laughs> Hold on. How is that a virtual 5k, or 15k? Don't you have to run all 15ks at once, or is it not how it works? I don't think they care because I definitely did not get a good time to begin with. It was like oh, an hour enough. and four, four. No, it was. Like, I want to. I want to do a. Want to do a, a non-virtual fifteen k where I can just be like, want to do one k. Be back, guys. Catch me after lunch. Well, I definitely okay, prefer. I mean, what is one k doing... like? A three quarters of a mile, if that. I have no idea. Well, five k is three miles, so yeah, about. I can't do the math on that. I... It's um, one-fifth of three miles, so math. <laughs> I mean, we nope. have apps on our phones and computers that we can easily, you know, do this, but uh, that would be, you know, that's not good radio as opposed to what else has been going on for the last 44 minutes. Yeah, I've been working on some of my Warhammer. thirds we're, we're past this. <laughs> Working on some of my Warhammer models, painting them up and stuff. I've been posting pictures of my progress in the uh, Dishonored... Nope, Bombers. Bombers Discord. Not Discord, not Dishonored. The Dishonored Please. Discord. Uh, which, <laughs> by the way, you can join You can join uh, Disbombered uh, Discord at <laughs> the link in the description of the episode. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of people uh, showing up. Um, we're now up to... How many people are in the server now, guys? Uh, I look. count 20... Uh, 25 people uh, now in the server, which is, I mean, frankly, it's more than the number of downloads we get every week. So I don't even know what's going on at this point. Gosh, our fans are jerks. Are they Are they even really our fans at this point? I think it proves that our fans don't <laughs> actually want to listen to us. They just want to hang out with us. Well, hang out with us by listening to us. Yeah. 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 If you join, you can see the pictures of the cinnamon rolls I made a week ago. Sorry, oh, are you posting what? those? Yeah, I can. I take post them right now. Them earlier, because other people wanted them. Pictures of what? The cinnamon rolls that I made from scratch. Oh, rolls! I heard girls and was very confused. Cinnamon oh, the Neil girls. Young, uh, yeah, the Cinnamon Girl. Yeah, it's great, great song. Yeah, they're really good. Made the cinnamon rolls and the icing from scratch. Nice. Yeah, I made a bunch so, of food uh, this week. Yeah, t- tell us about food. that food. Oh. That's too bad. So I've been I, I made um a chili mac out of Ooh. a chili. Well, I made it out a of mac? a um 
No, actually, sloppy joe recipe, a pumpkin sloppy joe recipe that I then added some oh. extra um, spices and peppers to, to sort of spice and pepper it up, and then put elbow macaroni in. And um, it was too much. I haven't eaten that for the past week, and I'm pretty sick of it, so. How are your, uh, how are your uh, BM situations? It's fine. Okay, that's good. Everything's I care fine. about your health in that BM area. situations and then um yesterday Is that the I, title I of the episode yes pan fried up some steaks and i made some um spinach and feta um saute thing that sounds good yeah <laughs> it was literally just a pound of spinach and some feta sprinkled in and then heat it up on the stove until it's cooked and then eat okay. it okay so it's a thing that was good so that's my food situation. Uh, Zyber made cinnamon rolls. Spiegel went to Taco Bell. Yep, my pictures yep. are up now. He j- he just posted them. Uh, great job by you. Uh, I am commenting on them. That one you just posted looks delicious with all the icing on it. Oh man, I uh, I I could go for one of those right now. Yeah, I could eat that. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I um, need to get more cinnamon, and I can make more. One thing uh, before we move on, Zyber, it is 2020. The year of the RPG. And you know what that means. It means... Don't do that over the music, please. Uh, (laughs) You know what that means is that we're both playing the same game, I think. Cyber, what are you playing for year of the RPG? I've been playing Persona 5. Excuse me, for 2020 year of the RPG. I've been playing Persona 5 (laughs) because I just finished 100%ing the first Team Hearts game again. I was just all like... You know, Haley, my fiance, keeps talking about Persona 5 Humble because Brian. of a certain game coming out recently. So I was like, I should finally get back to playing the original one because I went through the first palace with her. And so, yeah, now I'm working on the second palace. With her? No, not with her. Oh, you're working on her palace? I mean, technically, we both were in the same area at the same time, but she's probably way past it now. Yeah, she's way past that area. Um, I also am playing Persona 5 Royal, which is one better than uh, the regular Persona 5. One cool thing about Persona 5 Royal is that uh, there is a card game in it that you can play. It's called Tycoon, and it's really addictive. It's like it's like how people got super addicted to Gwent in The Witcher 3. Uh, I'm playing a lot of Tycoon, and I'm winning a lot of prize money, which I'm using to unlock... Uh, concept art and cutscenes from the game, which I can go back and watch. And so, it's a little thing called the Thieves' Den, and you can decorate it with little statues of characters that you unlock throughout the game as you play through it. It's a really cool little uh, fan servicey area that uh, that is is really nice to have for fans of the original game and people who just can't get enough Persona Five uh, telling the same story over and over again for a hundred hours each time you pop that game in. And I am not being sarcastic. Gameplay and stuff. Although I had to remember why I was supposed to be doing in it <laughs> the game really throws a lot at you at once there are a lot of different battle mechanics that you can do and royal has even more uh i mean apart from just the baton pass thing i mean there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of different stuff you can do after school that, that it throws into the mix i think certain things might be easier and more streamlined you know how in persona 5 uh, the original you are limited to the amount of ammo you have for your gun in the palaces uh-huh no more. Uh, you have unlimited ammo in Persona 5 Royal, which is, let me huh. tell you, really nice um, to have <laughs> it. Bet. It regenerates after every battle, which is awesome. So, like, you should just only ever use the gun instead of melee weapons, then. 
Because don't the well, guns, like, almost always deal more damage? Well, you know, when well, you're dep- playing Persona and everything else has betrayed you and you have nothing left to something or another. Nailed it. Persona. <laughs> the only thing left you can... Persona! <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on and let's talk about the next segment, which is my favorite segment of the last, like, 25 minutes or so. Spiegel's Treasure. Which everybody mm. loves. Is it Spiegel's uh, Treasure or Spiegel's Treasures? I think it's Spiegel's Treasure. Spiegel's Treasure. Hold on. I gotta, huh. double, I gotta double check. It is Spiegel's Treasure. According to the document, it says, Spiegel's Treasure. Description. Guess how much Spiegel spent on useless garbage slash make fun of Spiegel. Uh, we've been a little bit low on the second part of that the past few episodes that we've done this. So let's try to ramp that up a little bit, guys. Okay? We're trying to have the best podcast out there. All, All right. right. Why wow, this is all, all right. trash? Why did you buy any of this? Uh, well, look this at you spending Spiegel's money trash. on things. What a loser! No, guys. <laughs> um, so I have some games. Uh, let me let me go ahead and actually, I don't even have the games in front of me, which is probably a big mistake. I should probably go go get them. Uh, but uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and just throw some random ones out there. I bought quite a few games in the past week or so. I'm so bored. I'm bored out of my mind stuck here inside the house with nothing to do but play Animal Crossing. So I go video game shopping. And one of the games that I bought was a sealed copy of survival horror PlayStation 2 classic Fatal Frame. It is brand new in the box. Sealed. And this is a delicious bargain that i got on this one how much did i spend on fatal frame for playstation 2 yeah i think i have that game a sealed copy of fatal frame for playstation 2 i see I, way, I, I'm, I'm getting real i'm getting stuck on the sealed part of that by the way fatal frame uh rated t for teen not too many survival horror games that are actually good rated t for teen so that's when we take pictures, pictures of ghosts right that's yeah. the one it, apparently it's the scariest game ever made According to the back of the box? I don't know, probably. Let me look at the back of the box. <laughs> I'm going to go with $23. See, I was thinking 20 Yeah, I'll stick with $20. let us see, let us see what happens. $20, eh? Well, the... Wait. What? You said you wait, got who? a really good deal. You said you got a good deal on it. No, but who, who said what? I can't remember. The, you don't remember how much you spent on the game. No, no, I remember how much I spent. I don't remember which of you said what. Like uh, I said 23. He said 20. I said 20. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? Point Zyber. I spent $40.61 on this copy of Fatal Frame. Again, sealed in the box. That actually significantly increases the value. And yeah. uh, by the way, James, well, I got, James Melky says it is the scariest game ever from EGM Magazine on the back of the box. I got stuck on the got a really good deal part of it as well. It is a really good deal. That's a that's a, I mean, almost that 15% is, that is, off. That is still a really good deal, but I thought you got like a really good deal, you know? Like so good. I mean, it's so good. I mean, I can't wait to take pictures. I mean, the front of the box has like four or five decapitated heads on it. Uh this is a great game. Or just remember, play. you can never actually play it because then you would have to unseal it. Think it digitally. All right. Uh next next game this I purchased from GameStop as a part of a sale they were having, so you can determine how much I spent as a result of the sale. Possibly the last thing I ever buy from GameStop this game was Alien Isolation for the PlayStation yeah. 4. Back of the box, the scariest game ever. 
Uh, I don't know if you're starting to see a theme developing here. <laughs> I'm not. Good deals, right? Uh, That's the theme. Yeah, the, yeah. It was a good deal. 1999. Nope. 1995. Sorry, what okay. was the game again? Alien Isolation. Put down Animal Crossing, also known as the scariest game ever. I already stopped guess... playing that. Alien Isolation, uh, Zyber. Alien Isolation. Okay. On the PS3? Four. PS4. Four, PS4. <laughs> Why do you not miss when Spiegel talk? It's funny because he doesn't even I'm listen. Go he still does better. Again. He he still does better at the game than you, yeah, sure, Deg. Sure. But uh, not this time. Deg was closer. Although neither of you were particularly close. I spent th- I spent nine dollars and ninety nine cents for this game. Well, you said it was on sale, so it was either nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. So and the original <laughs> price was nineteen ninety nine. So you actually were not far off, Deg. Uh, but on sale, much better. Thank you. All right. I think. How about? On the back of the box, the scariest game ever made, for this time, for the Nintendo Switch. It is Super Bomberman R. Sealed. terrifying. I actually bought it. Terrifying how bad it is. But I bought it, and it's sealed. And how much was it? 1999. Wait. Mm. 9.99. Final answer. 9.99. I'll go with 30 bucks. 30 bucks. 30 bucks even? Sure. Wait. Deg wins by one cent. Fine, let's go it would, 29.99. <laughs> it would have been a tie if you had said that because the price was 19.99 and Deg said 9.99, which is $10 and you said 30, which is $10 and one cent. So Deg wins. Got to get the particulars right, gentlemen. All right. Next. Okay, you ready for this? Join the Robo Revolution. In the scariest game of all time, Custom Robo for the Nintendo GameCube. Nice. You played this game? No, but it's a good game. 50 guns, 30 bombs, 30 pods, 15 legs. That's a lot of options. So how does that one formula work where you, is it like 50 times 30 times 30 times 15 to get like the total number of possible customizations? Yeah, it's number times number times number. That's six hundred seventy-five thousand so yeah. possible combinations. Well, wow. that's if that's if. I mean, there might even be more combinations than that. Because you no, because that's the number. That's is that how math works? Well, because then how many pieces are there? Because I think you also can multiply. Like, say you build a robot that's just a head and legs. That's a different Holy combination crap. than the others. You're right. Right. Yeah. Why would you want a robot with just a head and le- in a game in a battle game though? You'd want at least some sort of weapon. Well, what if you were just running around headbutting your enemies? Uh that would make for a very interesting uh mech game. <laughs> I'll go with mm, $23. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing a theme right. here. Yeah, they're all the scariest game ever made. Um and Zyber, you said 23? Yeah. Zyber takes this one just a little bit closer again, off by just 14 cents. It was 26.36 for Custom Robo. Come on. I know, that that was a close one. You guys are are right on this week. 
uh, and which is even funnier considering Zyber just keeps guessing the same number. Uh, <laughs> hey, I guessed 30 the one time, although I would have gone oh, if I guessed 23. That's true. All right, uh, last game, and this one is also a Switch game. It is actually not a game at all. It is actually a very large, as I understand it, expansion pass uh, to a game that it already exists on Switch, but it does come on a cartridge, so it's not just DLC in a box. It is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, The Golden Country, which is, a, uh, like I said, an expansion to the original Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I also have not opened yet. Uh, so I have two unopened games. One is DLC and one is the main game. Uh, but I do intend to play the, these games soon. It is, after all, 2020, the year of the RPG. Bow, How much bow. did I spend? 20 bucks. Thanks, Deg. How much did I spend for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, The Golden Country? Uh, $15. Zyber, you said 20 Right? I said 20 <laughs> What a come-from-behind win for Zyber. He takes it. The price was $24.99, which uh, uh, I was kind of hoping you would say 23 again because uh, he would have been even closer. But in any case, that's it for Spiegel's Treasure. That's uh, Zyber doubling up both of us, Deg. He's got eight points. We've both got four. Nemi with one and Piddle with zero. We need some more point opportunities here, or let's at least just, I do. Um, let's just push him off a cliff. All right, we'll table that have for zero next week. points. No, I would still have eight points. Well, if you push your points off a cliff. There would still be eight. They would just be off a cliff. Uh, all right. Okay. What, what else? Is that it? Oh, no. We got one more thing. Yeah, we got One the, more thing we'll go. Take this, where we tell you something to take very forcibly. That's it? That's the Take this. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Take it. You better take this now. Deke, what should they take? No, I'm going to go last. Why are you going last? Spiegel, what should they take? Why am I? Why, well, hold on. Why does Deg get to go last? Well, because I was going to have it be a fun bit where I would go last and then we would cut straight to the ending, but now you've ruined it. Oh, okay. So. No, 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 no. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll edit this in post. <laughs> we won't, though. All right. I, well, maybe we will. You don't know. Who's editing this week? I am. Uh, Oh, you are? Great. Okay, then it might happen. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, de- we know it definitely wouldn't otherwise. All right, yeah. uh, I am uh, I am taking to you this. What? It is the new studio <laughs> album from my favorite band, Fish, and I know what you're all thinking. Oh, Spiegel's recommending another Fish thing to us. What are we doing? Still listening to the show. It's been an hour, and now we're listening to Spiegel talk about Fish again. Well, I will tell you this is that Fish does not have a habit of creating good studio albums. In fact, most of their studio albums are utter garbage, uh, speaking as honestly as I can. And I will say that this is not an utter garbage album. It is actually a very good album, um, one that I highly recommend to everybody, anybody. It's very accessible. It's um, it, it, just, it just feels good. It sounds good. The production is great. The vocals are surprisingly great. Sigma Oasis by Fish uh, came out April 1st, 2020. Everyone check it out if you like music. All right, I'll go next. I say, take this. Join a D&D campaign. Plenty of time to do it right now. Uh, I'm currently in one and two different ones where we just voice chat and stuff. And it's a lot of fun, so go do it. So you don't have Dungeons to be in person? You don't have to be in person to do a Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, and thank you for clarifying, because I, I think most people don't know what D&D stands for. Uh, do not you don't disturb. have to be in person to do it? No, you don't. It can but, be helpful, but you don't have to. 
What about like cheaters? Like can, the honor system. You, like you can either teleconference or there are certain like website apps where it'll roll uh, on through ah. RNGs and then just tell everyone in the app. There's even Discord has like dice bots that you can use. Yep. Oh, we should add Discord. a dice bot to our Discord to to settle all of our disputes, which happen quite frequently. Uh, we do talk about politics and religion and uh, world issues a lot Ex- on our exclusively. On our server talk about those things yeah. on our server that's the only place you can get those opinions from us and your server sounds lame <laughs> it is lame but so you I... know why because because you the person listening right now you haven't joined yet come on in and make it less lame and if you have joined convince your friends to join your non-lame friends yeah only only specifically the non-lame ones please keep the lame ones out we don't want them all right dig it's your turn kind of want to change my recommendation now uh here i say uh take this uh wash your hands you nasties all right should i do the hard cut here i mean probably before you said should i do the hard cut okay we'll do hey you don't know we'll see what gets we'll see what stays and what gets cut out i mean this is bombers you know i i can't predict what we're gonna do Honestly, the end is one of my favorite parts of the show because I get to do something totally unexpected. guys this is cyber if you'd like to ask us questions or send us comments fan fiction fan art or anything else you can think of you can go ahead and message us on twitter you can see our twitter handles in the description of this episode below we have at spiegelwe at zyber3 and at dig1377 you can also find a link to our bombers discord below and you can join that as well thank you (laughs) 